0: church on a Sunday morning yeah. and you're great and um, we do keep our thoughts and prayers around people living nearer to the fires and um, that they would be protected and the Lord bring the rain amen yeah. amen yes well we haven't been here for a while on a Sunday morning Naomi and I ventured out the Penrith church a few weeks ago and had a great time out there then we went out to Oberon church with Pastor Joe Corman I've got to tell you they're doing a great job out there it is really thriving church and got great favour within the community. So um, watch that space. And I encourage you, this Christmas break, if you need a break or anything, why don't you take a drive out to Oberon, it's only two hours away, and um, have a good time out there and drop into Janolan Caves on the way home maybe. Um, and why don't we all visit Joe at her house? That'd be fun. <laughs> Very cool. Last weekend, uh, me and a few of the guys took young men away on our camp from our mentoring program from Windsor High School. And I've got to tell you, again, this year we're seeing some breakthrough in some young men's lives. It is well worth it, but I want to say thank you to all the mentors, um, the men. Dave's not here this morning, but we've got Phil and, and um, Marcus and Brad and Elijah. We get together and we, we just want to help these young men, and it's just the beginning of something. We're going to be doing it again next year, and I want to encourage men, if you're able to, why don't you join us? We're going to find a way of doing it outside of school hours as well so that um, all the men can be involved, because it is priceless. But what we've found is it does just as much for the older guys as what it does for the young men. And um, that's where we were last weekend. But this weekend I'm here at Hawkesbury, loving it and looking forward to sharing a word with you. You ready? I love our church. I love being together with church. I love worshipping Jesus Christ our Lord. And, um, And one of the things I love most about Christmas is that we get to worship Jesus and everyone else joins us. Isn't that cool? You know, you get on Channel 7, Christmas Eve, whatever it is, Channel 9, and they're worshipping Jesus, and it's just wonderful. I think it's beautiful. We get a glimpse into heaven. And um, today I want to speak about, again, the subject of greater. It was a couple of weeks ago I shared about um, Jesus descending into greater in Philippians chapter 2. And um, let's just read that. It says this, and consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let us let his mindset become your motivation. He existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself. Listen to this. He emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became human. Then verse 10. Because of that obedience, God exalted him and multiplied his greatness. He has now been given the greatest of all names. And I spoke about that, about how Jesus descended. He, he, if you like, lowered himself. I don't like to think of it as going lower, I'd like to think of it as going deeper. And um, one of the major points I took out of that was really his humility which was the trigger of his greatness. He could have been walking around in heaven, the king of kings, the prince of heaven, the, the darling of heaven, one song calls him. But he didn't. He came down as a servant to a point where he spat on. And he knew that was going to happen. This humility. And over the week, I've been thinking this through. I actually think humility is the key to greatness. One of the keys. But it's not necessarily just thinking of us not thinking of yourself lower but it's not just thinking about others higher i want to talk about i think one of the greatest revelations of humility that i've ever witnessed in my life it's something that i really needed to grab hold of in my life and it's simply this how much god loves me when we grab hold of just that how much god loves you it it actually messes with you in one sense. It brings this, 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 this thought of existence which changes because the God who created the universe, created everything, He is the Creator, loves me. I want to dwell on that a little bit today. Is that okay? You see, in the very beginning, God had a plan. He gathered the heavenly hosts around him and said, let us make man in our own image. Jesse, my son, preached a great message a few Friday nights ago about what that means, the word um, image. It's not, you know, two ears, two eyes and a nose and a mouth. It's actually better translated imager or reflector. What he was saying to the heavenly hosts was, let us make mankind so that they would reflect me. That he would, that every person who was on planet Earth would resemble me, would show what people, show everyone else what I am like. I want to reflect through them. So he had this plan. He wanted to create this this new thing called humanity, and his plan was to put him on Earth. And the command was, go and multiply, subdue the earth. In other words, I'm going to give you this little garden called Eden, and I want you to spread that around the whole planet and fill it with people, fill it with more images, fill it with with people who resemble me. You see, right at the very beginning, God created humanity because he wanted a family on earth that represents him. He's a father, his heart is that of a father, which was revealed to us when Jesus came. He's not just Yahweh, he's father. And that was a whole mind-blow for everyone who studied God up until then. But it revealed the true heart of God, that He is a Father who desperately wants a family and He wants every human being to be part of it. Wow. But the problem is, Adam and Eve stuff up. (laughs) Lucifer comes and, and deceives them and sin enters the world and they can't be in the garden anymore. Because God is sinless. So they work hard at that and God works hard at it. And, and then there's another rebellion that happens. And if you look at Genesis chapter 6, God causes a worldwide flood with Noah because man and heavenly host messed around it too much. And again, humanity got infiltrated and the risk of them not being God's family was too great because they were with their sin separated from God again. So he actually starts again with another family, Noah and Mrs. Noah. I'd like to know her name. But then again, after the flood, they they populate again and, and start spreading this whole family and God thinks we can start again, we can do it again. Noah's a righteous man. But they blew it again. Genesis 11, we see that in the mankind decided... We can, we can get up to God. Let's create, let's create a, a whole a, a te, a temple and let's build it into a tower and let's have it so that we can touch God. Remember that God's command was go everywhere and they said, no, we're staying here. We're, we're going to build. In fact, if you look at what they actually built, it was that they're building a tower to bring God down to them, which says a lot, doesn't it? And God said, this is wrong. And you look at it, he actually dispersed them into several different nations. He said, I'm gonna start again, and I'm gonna create another nation. And it's gonna be my nation. So he grabs a little girl called Sarai, and a little girl, an older lady called Sarai, and an older man called Abram, and he starts a family with this couple who couldn't have children to prove that anyone can be part of a family and he starts this nation called israel and at this point he's divorced from all the other nations because they didn't want anything really to do with him but his plan was still in place you see he loved humanity that much that he instigated through abraham his seed would come this savior of the world And we fast forward again, that the Saviour of the world again comes into a family, which in our world would be called almost an illegitimate family, not married yet, to prove that it doesn't matter. I just want family. And Jesus is born, lives the perfect life. They kill him, but he raises again, victorious, cancelling out the guilt, the sin and the shame. But the most beautiful thing about this is this. It enables all those divorced nations to be come back, to be part of what God wants. Isn't that a beautiful story? That God would still love all humanity that much. That he would do whatever he could to bring them back so that he could have them in his family. Wow. Job's not done yet. There's still plenty out there in those nations that don't know him and know know that they love him, that he loves them. Job's not done. But my point is this. What does it mean for us today? Well, it actually determines our existence on earth is a very great one. And this is my pondering. How humbling is it to realise the first thing is this. That God chose to love me. And he chose to love you. He had this plan. And his plan was to love all mankind. But it didn't work out. But he still made a way for us so that we could come back to him. That's how much he loves us. You see... We can often think about, how much do I love God? I've got to love God more. But can I tell you, that pales into significance when it comes to how much God loves you. Christianity is less about you loving God and more about how much He loves you. And here's the thing about His love for you. You cannot get rid of it. You cannot stop it. Romans 8, the latter verses of chapter 8 says this, there's nothing you can do to separate yourself from the love of God. He will love you anyway. Romans 5.8 says this. But God demonstrates his own love towards us, that in that while we were still sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. John the apostle, the disciple, he understood this. I used to read the book of John. Very interesting. He refers to himself as the one Jesus loved. And then you sort of sit there and think, what sort of love I was he, man? I'm the, imagine that, hi, I'm the one Jesus loves. You know, the other 11 are okay. And I used to think John was sort of up himself a fair bit. But I've since realized he wasn't. He had a revelation about something that the others didn't get until later. You see, his whole existence was based on the fact that God loved him. It wasn't about how much he loved God. It was about how much God loved him. How humil—how not humiliating, how humbling is that? that God would say, I love you, regardless of what you've done, regardless of who you've been, regardless of where you've been, I love you. What an interesting thought. John understood this. He wrote this, 1 John 4, 19. We love him because he first loved us. He pursued us. The hound dog of heaven would not let us go. David, in Psalm 139, talks about, you know, I am fearfully, wonderfully made. I thank you, God. And then he starts talking about his thoughts about God. He says, God, no matter where I go, you're with me. He said, God, even if I bed my bed in hell, you're still there. You, You don't leave me alone. He pursues you. He loves you that much that he would track you down and say, hey, I want to be close to you. Wow. I thought about it. Because I know my life, I know what I've done, and I know that he knows what I've done. He knows the thoughts that I've thought. He understands, and he still still wants me close to him. And I realise what it is. The fallible, the failing Rick is still better than no Rick at all for God. remember the x-files remember the x-files The 90s 80s you got mully and scolder and one day they they um, stumble upon a genie and the genie appears before them and of course you've got wishes right so he says to Scar- uh, Mulder Mulder what's your wish if you can have anything in the world so he has great contemplation of this finally he says world peace a place with no fighting no corruption granted he goes outside and there's no one left (laughs) scully 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 you see i think if god was to deal with us because of our sin and get rid of us there'd be no one left and he can't stand that thought he would rather have someone who keeps falling over than not have them at all that's how much he loves us he would rather just tolerate our backward and forward and going away and coming back going away coming back he would rather tolerate that than not have us at all think about that love just for a moment wow he loves us the whole christian story is a love story about god It's all summed up, God's love, in this beautiful hymn that I love. And I'd love us to sing sometime, it'd be great. Could we, we think, the oceans fill? And were the skies of parchment made? If every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade, to write the love of God above, would fill the... Sorry would drain the oceans dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. Wow, that's the love of God. Do you understand how much God loves you? Do you understand that He would do whatever it takes, Ethan, to see you walk your life? Think about that love for a moment, Tony. Think about how much he would yearn just to be around you and you to know that he's with you. Think about a God who would just love you so much that just to acknowledge him makes you feel awesome. Do you sense the love of God around you now? The hound dog of heaven tracking you down, making sure that you don't miss out? So much so that he actually plans great things for your life. Puts things in place. So that we don't harm ourselves, he'll put some things in place. So that we walk in victories that he'll put things in place for us. He looks at your whole lifespan and he he actually walks beside you even though he knows that there's going to be moments when you walk away from him. Do you understand how much he loves you? You know, the world thinks of a God it's either a big Santa Claus figure or a big angry judge. I don't think either of those really are adequate. I think he's a father who just loves everyone with the love that drives him. He has not wiped mankind out again. And he said he won't he's done everything that's required to bring every person into his family so not only does he love you the second point is this not only are you loved he actually made you his child that's a whole nother level h and l h and l whole nother level thank you teachers is that cool good grammar He made you not just a servant, not just a friend. Oh, no. He made you his child. John, sorry, 1 John 3 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Do you realize, Stuart, you're a son of God? You've got to understand, that's just not. Uh, a, a nice little title it's an amazing title let's put it in context it wasn't that long ago that the Dead Sea Scrolls were found in 1947 I think it was 48 and since they've been studying those in the last 70 odd years they've actually discovered some interpretations of the Bible which needed tweaking one of those was the words only begotten son for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son because the only begotten would infer that God only has one son. And it's Jesus. Do you know that what they've realized with ancient Aramaic and the Greek and Hebrew and all this stuff they throw in out of those Dead Sea Scrolls? They've realized that the interpretation wasn't correct. It's better translated, very unique son. For God so loved the world that he gave his very unique, the special one the implication is this he has heaps of them he has many of them and that is you and that is me sons and daughters of god and that really makes sense when you read romans chapter 8 verses 14 to 17 it says this for as many as are led by the spirit of god these are the sons of god for you do not receive a spirit of body to gain to fear But you received a spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. You are His child. I am the Son of God. No, 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 just take it back a minute. Realize how huge that is. The God of heaven, the Creator, chose to have you, the closest relative He can find. Do you know the Bible actually says that you will judge angels and spiritual hosts? That you will rule over the nations of the earth? Do you know that the Scriptures actually say that? We're not just plebs that God has in His little corral... In fact, I would suggest you are not even a servant of God. Angels are servants and you get to judge them. To say that you're a servant of God is not giving yourself enough credit. You rank much higher than that and I think it is a rank. Because when you're the son, everything changes. When I was dating Naomi, um, my potential father-in-law was my senior pastor. It's a real scary time, let me tell you that one, just in case when he starts prophesying, you don't want to get on those prayer lines, let me tell you. I noticed something, if I ever wanted to go and see him, I had to go to the secretary and make an appointment and I know, I know it was just me, he would make me wait <laughs> and he would give, you know, it was terrible you know, Like I couldn't get close to his door but I noticed something special, Naomi could, no appointment necessary, she walked straight past the secretary, straight down the hall, phew, kicks open the door, hey daddy, how are you? It doesn't matter how busy he is, ready to see her. The difference relatives make, you're his relative. You see... There's a common presumption amongst Christians that we stand off God because God's, God's up there and we've got to be down here and we've, He's making us bow down and worship. Be close. That couldn't be further from the truth. He's not like that. He may be like that with the angels. I know they're forever singing holy, holy, holy and bowing down and all. That might be true for the angels, but it's definitely not true for you. You can kick that door open and say, Lord, I'm here because he made it possible through jesus christ he made it possible because you are his child you are co-heirs with christ that means everything he has is yours too in fact when you think about it, he's talking to the roman greco world do you understand an adopted child is closer than a blood child because they were selected when you put it in context that he's actually speaking, to who he's speaking to, he went out of his way to say that. Much closer, much more important. Wow, you have a spirit of adoption. Whereby you can cry Abba Father, the word Abba, Aramaic word daddy. Daddy, I'm home. Wow. That's where the greater lies, I think, church. 1 Corinthians 6:3. If you ask him where, where does it say we we judge angels? We get to judge them, and says it there. Because you're one of God's children. You have authority in your life. And I think most Christians don't understand that authority. Most Christians don't know how to stand as a child of God. And I think God's calling us to stand as children of God on this earth. There's something different about you because you're a son of God or a daughter of God. Many of you know that on, on Thursdays, I actually go into Windsor High School as chaplain. And I've got to tell you, I love it. I absolutely love going into Windsor High School. And um, one of my things I've been doing is sitting in year nine English class with just boys in it. And these boys probably aren't the greatest learners. Um, although I see a lot of intelligence in them. They're just not learning how they could and pretty disruptive class to say the least, I was sitting in there the other day and I've been in there for about, I don't know, four or five weeks and the teacher stops mid-sentence when he's explaining something to these young men and he goes, sir, he points at me, sir, this place, it's like there's peace in here when you're in here and then he keeps on lecturing. I thought, well, that's really nice, thanks mate and all the boys are, cool, They, they agreed. But it reminded me of a week or so before, I was in talking to one of the official teachers, or one of the teachers in the in the office there, the, the executive. Just chatting with her, and she's she's just sharing a few issues she's having in her heart, and just talking. So realise I'm actually the chaplain more for the teachers, and for the the staff. And I'm um, just chatting, and she and she starts crying a little bit, and she says, "Why is it whenever you're in my office, I feel like there's peace in this room?" She's an atheist. And I realise that's the authority of Jesus Christ on my life. I'm a son of God. In fact, I shouldn't be surprised when I walk into any room that the peace of God comes because I carry Him with me. Because I'm His son. Remember? Remember the prodigal son story? Which Jesus spoke to say what God is like. Not what the, the sinner is like, what God is like. And remember when the son comes home with all pig muck all over him? And for a Jewish, that's, that's pretty bad, pig muck. All over him, I just want to be a servant. Notice God said, no, 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 I don't want a servant, man. Bring the best robe. Put it on my son. The robe is his identity. Bring the best robe. This is my robe, son, I'm giving it to you. That's what God's placed on you. Regardless of your pig muck. Not only that. My ring, put my ring on him. Put a ring because the ring was like a credit card. Has authority. You take that into town, you can use my name to purchase anything. Wow. That's what he's done to you. Do you realize when you're praying, you're praying as a son or a daughter of God? Not as someone who comes to beg. Children aren't beggars. Not God's children. We come in there and we we claim what is ours. We claim peace in our family. We claim healing. We claim freedom. We claim breakthrough. We claim blessings. We don't beg for them. Why? You're a child of God. Church, you're getting this? It's all under the banner of greater. And I'll explain to you why in a moment. Whew, the sign greater is up there I was pointing at us I wonder if I'm pointing it greater or not God loves you but it's more than this God loves you God has an authority over your life you can walk into a workplace and say I'm here I've got to tell you I reckon there's spiritual enemies that get nervous when you walk into a room when you climb a mountain i think there's principalities and powers the bible talks about that don't like it when you turn up and we we, we sit there and think oh why is this all going wrong i mustn't be the will of god no 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 you're precisely in the will of god you've just picked a fight oh, i didn't say anything no 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 you just showed up and when you show up they get really nervous do you realize that there is a fight on some you've seen tension in your relationships in your family and in your marriage and you're sitting there what are we doing wrong i want to tell you something you're a child of god you picked a fight when you united in marriage and they would do whatever they can to make life literally hell for you principalities and powers that's where ephesians comes into play big time the helmet of salvation the breastplate of righteousness the shield of truth shield of faith breastplate built of truth shoes of the peace that's where it comes into play it's not just some little kid story why because you're an armored child of god some of you have battled with health issues and and you've sat there and thought why am i going through this it's because there is a principality and power that doesn't want you to identify yourself as a child of god i want to say to you why don't you step up and say no i'm a child of god i'm his child some of you circumstances haven't worked out you've really felt you're in the will of god and it didn't work out maybe you need to pray for the breakthrough and claim it as child of god family members of distance claim a reconciliation because you're a child of god there's people here and you've you you you've you've felt like giving up the call of God on your life that's not what a child of God does a child of God says no I'm going to stand and I'm going to fulfill what God has asked me to do because he's my dad and if God said it I'm believing and I'm grabbing hold of it and that settles it that's what we do you see there is a spiritual world and in that spiritual world it is well known much more than in this natural world that you're a child of God So we'll come back to that story about why god started this whole thing is that he wanted to create a family and he wanted every human being to be in that family and we came to that point of the tower of babel where he separated from the nations but he made a way through and that was jesus christ could reconcile bring reconciliation to all of the nations it's very ironic that on the day of pentecost when the Holy Spirit came along, they all started speaking in tongues of many nations. Declaring God's great works, it says. Declaring how great God is in many different tongues. Isn't that interesting? Signifying, it's time to go to the nations. You see, not only are we loved by God, not only are we His children... We're now the ones to go out and share with every human being we can that God's family is amazing, it's incredible, and God wants you to invite you into it. That's what we're called to do. This beautiful family that God is still molding and He will continue to do until the end. We have the honor. And humbly say, we have the the great role, the greater role of inviting people into his family. When you're in your workplace, when you're in your family, when you're in your cul-de-sac, your football team, whatever you do, you get to show how good God's family is and let people know they're invited into it. That's the role. That's the big plan. But here's what I've realized. It really only happens when we realize that God loves me and I'm his child. Can we have the museos up, please? I felt the Holy Spirit just wants to minister to people today. We live in a world which is very restricted to five senses. We live in a world that doesn't really believe much in the spiritual realm. But I want to let you know that the spiritual realm is very real, and there's more than just five senses. There's senses that the Lord has, which has placed in us, which we can sense much more because we know Jesus Christ, because we've had Jesus Christ in our life. I'm just wondering whether this morning there's people here and you really struggle with the fact that God loves you or God still loves you or that God could ever love you. And when I spoke, it's like the Western world thinking came in, oh yeah, yeah, he loves me like Santa Claus loves me and might come and visit me once a year. But that's not it at all. He is insanely in love with you. You are His. He would bankrupt heaven for you. And I think the call of God in your life has got to begin there. When you get that revelation, oh my goodness, He loves me. You've been trying to love Him as best as you can by being obedient and worship and even lifting your hands maybe. I don't know. But that all pales into the insignificance when you really grasp the thought that He loves you. Some of you have gotten hold of that and but yet struggle at the other thought. I'm His child. I'm His child. Oh, but Rick, He would disown me because of the sin in my life, right? No, Jesus paid that price, it's done. Now, he, he probably doesn't want you to sin because he doesn't want you to trash your life. doesn't want to get tangled up. But it will never stop him from being close to you, ever. Because Jesus took it all on the cross. Everyone. He took tomorrow's sin on the cross. And the one after that. And the 5,000 after that he's taken on the cross. Already dealt with. Do you understand that? But before you think, oh, well, that means I can sin. No, <laughs> you're going to trash your life if you do. That's why the New Testament's saying don't do that don't do that do this right that's why the holy spirit's convicting us just so that we can walk a good life so that others can see how good god's family is and get invited into it hear me but some have really struggled with this whole concept that i'm his child i have authority in my life he has given me his authority i'm his heir wow again the Greco Roman world. When you're the heir, you don't have to wait until they die. You actually get it when you're basically of age. You get all the inheritance when you're of age. I sort of like that one. So this morning, I'm going to ask you to think do I really understand that God loves me? Do I really understand? That i'm a child of god because you are if you're in christ jesus but there may be someone here this morning who is not in christ jesus means you haven't asked god to forgive you of your sin you don't have faith in christ basically if you do those things you're in christ So this morning I want us just to spend a bit of time just worshipping Him with a Christmas carol. Beautiful worship. But if you'll say, Rick, I need to grab hold of the fact that God loves me. I want you to think that through because I want to pray for you. Or Rick, I really struggle with the fact that I'm a child of God. I really want to pray with you too. Or you say, I'm outside of Christ, I need to know this, I really want to pray with you. Right across this auditorium. So I'd love us all to stand if we would please. And let's sing this and let's worship him. father we do adore you father we think you're amazing thank you father we love you so much church while we're standing here in his presence i want everyone just to close your eyes and just use your mind's eye with me i want you to picture a hallway with a really big door in front of you. On the other side of that door is the throne room of God. Yep, the angels, the seraphim, you can hear them singing and shouting on the other side of that door. But that door's closed and you're on the other side of that, maybe. Maybe. child of God knows that the God on the other side of that door loves them I want you to walk to that door and just push it open and I want you to just begin to see the throne and look at God's face how glad he is to see you how glad he is that you would come into his throne room maybe he asks you to come up and sit on his lap or sit at his feet he's not casting you away he's not telling you where to go or he's saying come come and be close because I want to be close to you I don't want any evidence ever have any distance between us I want to be close I have done everything required to take away the guilt of sin and shame and it is gone off your life would you come would you come Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Cry. Sing it again. Come on. Oh, come, let us. Come Come on. Worship your Father. He loves you. Oh, come, come on, let's sing it again, church. Come on, let's worship our Father for all we have. Oh, come, let us adore father father i ask you right now if there be anyone here who doesn't understand how much you love them would you let them know through the holy spirit would you let them know some people here right now you're receiving the love of god it's a real thing you're feeling it inside your heart inside your spirit inside your being that's a real thing that's the love of God it's like it's washing away the doubt it's washing away the what if he just loves you thank you Lord and Lord there's also people here and they struggle to see you as their dad would you just supernaturally through your Holy Spirit Lord would you let them know that they are your child? And Lord God, you accept them unconditionally. And that they have your authority. They have your power. They have your strength. They have your presence on them. Would you help them to do that? Church, just receive that. Just receive that. Now, if there'd be anyone here this morning and you don't know god oh friend you're you're at the right place right now i'm going to say a prayer and if you would just follow that along in your in your own mind and your under your breath maybe or if you want to pray it out loud it's up to you just inviting jesus christ to forgive you and to come into your life that's all you need to do and you can start this relationship with god this is how the prayer goes just follow me says this father god i know i'm a sinner i've broken all your rules but i know you sent your son jesus to die on the cross for my sin and my shame and my guilt jesus forgive me of all my sin come into my life make me like you. I want to experience God's love and I want to know that I'm his child. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for being with me. I love you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, Holy Spirit, let's lift up our church to you here. This is where the greater is found because you're the greater. And that you would actually ask us to be part of your family. We love that. Would you help us to walk in that? Every individual, every man, woman, child, every married couple, Lord God, Lord, may we all learn how to walk in your family as your children. For the sake of those who aren't help us to see those who are outside of your family and may lord god they be invited in help us to invite them in i pray in the name of jesus amen amen you sense his presence since the presence of god here you do realize we serve what well, no wrong words rick you do realize that we are children of a very supernatural god and we have the ability to to touch the unnatural the supernatural because of him church this christmas don't get all natural on him why don't you let this christmas be a little bit more supernatural Spend that moment meditating on him and see what he opens up. Take your peace to where there's no peace. Take that joy that people can't explain and just take it into a place that needs joy. You get to do that. It's beautiful. Amen. God bless you. Thanks.